Amen. Hey, how many guys were here last week? All right, last week we basically started with we're dealing with our issue, of course, uh, abortion, the mass murder of uh, children, of course, is our study. Last week we dealt with the issue of the history of the abortion, i.e. mass murder of children. I almost don't even want to use the term abortion uh, because, again, as we saw last time, don't use their terms. That's how they get to hide behind all this stuff. Uh, it's not a fetus, it's a baby, etc. It's not abortion, it's killing a child. Okay, And it's supposed to sting because that's really what's going on. Right? So we've been dealing with that aspect. Now, also, we took a look at biblically of why and how in the world did we get into this shape, even as a country, uh, as the United States of America. As we saw before, Romans chapter 1. Remember that? And we saw that basically, once you deny the existence of God, okay, which is what our country has done, bought into the lie and promoted the lie, and now that's the only thing you get in schools, you don't get options anymore, okay, is the lie of evolution that says there is no God. Then once you go down that route, what happens? You move into the next stage, and then it says you start getting into all kinds of immorality. Well, you don't turn around from that, then what happens? Then it gets even worse. Then you start promoting homosexuality, lesbianism, etc. The scripture is very clear about that. Then you don't turn around from that, what happens? Man, you move to that final stage, and you start doing things you ought not to do. And abortion certainly is one of those things that you ought not to do, okay? But that's what we saw. We also saw that the history of it stems, of course, not only from the same trap that we're falling for in Romans chapter 1, we're going down that unfortunate spiral. We saw that historically it's based on the lie of evolution, okay, that that's not a baby, that's just a blob of tissue. That's the rationale to try to get around this issue. It's a lie, okay? But we also saw that led to the belief system called eugenics. Remember that? And eugenics is basically the, the, the mindset that we need to get rid of these lesser evolved people who's messing up the gene pool of humanity so we can keep ourselves clean and be the strongest and the fittest. As crazy as that is, we also saw that's what Hitler picked up on. And that's what Hitler used to justify his Holocaust of people outside the womb called the Jewish people. It's no different. It's the same principle. You kill people inside the womb, babies, or you kill them outside the womb. It's the same premise, the same lie of evolution. There is no God. Eugenics, keep it clean. Now, we also saw historically that that is the foundation of Margaret Sanger. Mar- Margaret Sanger was a big fan of Hitler. She was also an evolutionist. She was also a eugenics. And that that's why she started Planned Parenthood was to help clean up uh, even our own country of inferior races. She was a racist, but she was also a eugenics uh, things is that nature. Now, uh, that might sound kind of weird, sound kind of harsh, but basically what you're dealing with, as we've dealt with before as a congregation, is people who believe that through the eugenics movement, basically getting rid of the inferiors, that mankind's going to create his own utopia. That's what Hitler was involved in, right? His Aryan race was going to rule for a thousand years and bring all kinds of great things to the planet. Okay, well, this is the same premise, right? But Margaret Sanger is not the only one, okay? There's people still alive today that are big promoters of this eugenics movement. And I want to get to that before we get into our next section, okay? But let's start off with Margaret Sanger, okay? It's all about getting rid of the inferiors, right? So we can reduce the population to make a new humanity. She called for, and this is on record, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. She called for the elimination of human weeds for the cessation of charity because it prolonged the lives of the unfit. Remember, Margaret Sanger is the founder of what? Planned Parenthood, who is the one who's pushing what? Abortion, the mass murder of children in our country, right? She also called for the segregation of morons, misfits, and the maladjusted, and for the what? Sterilization of genetically inferior races. That's not only racist, 
Okay, but this is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Okay, but again, she's not the only one. Dr. Graber, let's fast forward in time. He's a biologist with the National Park Service. He said, we have mankind. We have become a plague upon ourselves and upon the earth. Human happiness is not as important as a wild and healthy planet. Until such time as Homo sapiens should decide to rejoin nature, some of us can only hope for the right virus to come along. This is crazy, but this is what people think. It's okay to get rid of mass amounts of people, okay, because we need to create our own utopia, right? Now, Jacques Cousteau, right? Remember that guy? Listen to what he said. The damage people cause to the planet is a function of demographics. It is equal to the degree of development. One American burdens the earth much more than 20 Bangladeshis. This is a terrible thing to say, but in order to stabilize world population, we must eliminate 300, what? 350,000 people per what? Day. Per day. He said it's a horrible thing to say, but it's, it's, it's just as bad not to say it. Now, as we've talked about before, this whole lie of uh, population, we're overpopulated, that's a lie. That's a huge lie. I joke about this. I fly all the time now. <laughs> and I'm in the plane a lot. So every time I look out the plane, I tell people, you think we're overpopulated? Get in a plane. At any time in your journey, just look out the window. (laughs) There's so much wide open space everywhere. Not just the United States, I've flown in Canada, in Europe, down in Australia. Folks, it's wide open. There's plenty of land. Basically, it's a bunch of baloney to push this agenda. It's not overpopulated. And then when they want you to buy into that lie, what do they show as pictures? We're getting overpopulated. So you know what they show? The, the, The scene outside the window of the plane? That shows wide open for miles and miles and miles in every country on the planet? No. They show Beijing, downtown there in China. They show New York City, right? It's, it's crazy, folks. It's a bunch of baloney. But that's their mindset, right? Because how are you going to justify getting rid of 350,000 people per day? It's crazy, right? He's not the only one. Bertrand Russell, he's a philosopher. He said, at present, the population of the world is increasing. War so far has had no great effect on this increase. I do not pretend that birth control is the only way in which population can be kept from increasing. There are others. He said, if a black death could be spread throughout the world once in every generation, survivors could procreate freely without making the world too full. The state of affairs might be somewhat unpleasant, but what of it? Really high-minded people are indifferent to suffering, especially that of others. Man! crazy. Now, he's not the only one. Ted Turner, listen to what he said. He said, people who abhor the China one-child policy are dum-dums. That's his word. I'm not joking. He said, because if China hadn't had that policy, there would be 300 million more people in China right now. And then he later advocated we reduce the world's population from 6 billion to 2 billion. As one guy said, okay, Ted, let's start with your family. But see, it's always somebody else's family, isn't it? Right? Exactly. Right? Because they're the rich, they're the powerful, we're the dum-dums, as he said, and we don't deserve to live. Only he does. Now, this is from Obama's administration, John Holdren. Watch this, folks. This was in print. He said, quote, forced abortions. What abortions? Forced abortions and mass sterilizations are needed to save the planet. Right? We're all worried about this new Green Deal thing. It's not worried about it, but you think it's crazy? This is what these people believe. But it isn't just about getting rid of uh, cows and their flatulence or whatever, and it's not just about, you know, getting rid of uh, airplanes. They want to control who lives and who dies, right? Now, he said, listen, this is from Obama uh, administration. Women could be forced to abort their pregnancies whether they wanted to or not. The population at large could be sterilized by infertility drugs intentionally put into the nation's drinking water or in food. 
They wouldn't do that, would they? Yeah, that's a whole other topic. And people who, listen, contribute to social deteriorization, i.e., the people they don't like, and who gets to define that, can be required by law to exercise reproductivity responsibility, that is, to be compelled to have abortions or be sterilized. There it is again. Then he calls for this. Talk about shades of the Antichrist. He says, a transnational planetary regime should assume control of the global economy and also dictate the most intimate details of Americans' lives using an armed international police force. This is crazy. This guy here, Dr. Eric Pianca, he's a scientist. He gave a speech at the Texas Academy of Science. He advocated the need to exterminate how much? 90% of the population through the airborne Ebola virus. He says, because after all, we're no better than bacteria. Now, why and where would he get that from? Evolution, the live evolution. Again, we saw last time, the history. Where does this stuff come from? He did this standing in front of a slide of human skulls, and he gleefully advocated airborne Ebola as his preferred method of exterminating 90% of humans on the planet over AIDS because it's got a faster kill period. And then you would think that people would just walk out of that place. They would boo him off the stage. -uh. What's it say? They gave him a wild reception of applause and cheers. You're going to see that same kind of sickened response of people rejoicing over the death of people in a little bit, if we can get that far tonight, when the New York bill was passed for being able to kill babies all the way up until birth. And they're applauding it. It's gross, folks. It's what's going on today. Dr. Sam Keen, he's a New Age writer, philosopher. He said, we must speak far more clearly about sexuality and contraception. About what? Abortion. About values that what? What's the whole premise? Control the population, right? He says, because the ecological crisis, in short, is the population crisis. Cut the population by 90%, and there's not enough people left to do a great deal of ecological damage. Again, notice who's being used, who's being duped into going along with this. Even the idea of population control. Even the idea of supporting abortion, the mass murder of children. Which would also include outside the womb. Which would also include adults who are getting too old. It's called euthanasia. Right? So that the government can decide when they... It's all related. But who are the people? They're, they're putting this into the environmental movement. Now, what generation has been indoctrinated in that their whole life? And they're just starting to come into power. Rhymes with the millennials. Who said that? Yes, the millennials, right? On down, this is all they've ever known. This is all that's being pumped into their heads in the media, the secular school system. And when these guys say this, oh, well, we have to. We have to sacrifice even our lives, other people's lives, to save the planet, right? It's all a bunch of baloney. One guy said this about this uh, environmentalist contempt for mankind. Such is the naked essence of environmentalism. It mourns the death of a whale or a tree, but it actually welcomes the death of billions of people. Is there a more malevolent man-hating philosophy than this? Okay, so that's what we're dealing with. Again, I wanted to uh, give you a little bit more background on the history. Where is this coming from? Why are we as a nation continuing to get worse and worse when it comes to this issue? You would think this should have been solved a long time ago. We never should have made it through the Roe v. Wade thing. That How did that even get to the Supreme Court is beyond me? Okay, but why is it keeping getting worse? Because this stuff is continually taught in our school system. Whole generations now have been indoctrinated in it. And you and I are looked at as the old fuddy-duddies. Okay, so that's the history. Now, that's what we dealt with last time. Now, tonight, I want to deal with not just the history. Tonight, I want to deal with the motive. Okay, because there's a motive. Now, you saw that there's kind of a quasi, even hate to use this word, but it's like a religious belief, environmentalism, because they treat it like a religion. 
We're going to save the planet, right? Okay, but I want to deal with the motive tonight. Why do people persist in pushing the mass murder of children? Well, it's not only used to supposedly create an environmentally friendly utopia on the planet, okay? But it's big, 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 big money. That's the theme that we're going to deal with tonight, okay? And the Bible warns about that, right? Open your Bibles to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. Let's take a look about that. Better be careful, right? If you get all hung up on cash and that starts to rule your heart, you're probably not going to make some good decisions. And folks, I really believe that's a big part of why abortion, the mass murder of children, is continually pushed in our country, right? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse uh, 6 through 10, in the section here, on the love of money, the love of money, right? But uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, when you get there, say moo. Moo, right on. All right, but let's take a look here. Here's what we got. Uh, verse 6, but godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. What's the key word there? Godliness, a great walk with Jesus Christ, and you're content. God will take care of you. Everything's fine. He knows what he's doing. God doesn't ever go, oh, I can't believe I, Ron went through that. I, I just, I was so surprised, Ron. I apologize from heaven on high. I just, no, are you kidding me? God knows what he's doing. So have a great walk with Jesus Christ, godliness, and be content. Have a great time. And we haven't even got to heaven yet. But here's the trap. The enemy's going to throw a trap at you to try to get you like, God doesn't know what he's doing. Or, or I need something. I'm lacking something. I need more. And he's going to say, it's money. Better be careful. He said, for we brought nothing to this world. And guess what? We, can't, we ain't taking nothing out of it. But if we got food and clothing, right? How many guys ate food today? How many guys have extra food at the house? How many guys got so much extra food at the house that you got cupboards stock full of canned items that you haven't eaten in 12 years. You still have not thrown away that can of hominy that somehow ended up in your shopping cart 14 years ago. It's still there. So we got not only food, we got plenty of food, right? Now, how many guys, praise God, tonight are wearing clothes? Raise your hand. And I'm very glad that you are, right? Because that would be a serious distraction to our study. But seriously, right? And so what's he say? You got food, you got clothing. Life is good, right? That's what he said. We'll, we'll what? We'll be content with that. Because remember, this is not heaven. Heaven comes later, right? God's taking care of us. He's good. We got what we need. We're st- still sucking air. In fact, put your hand over somebody's mouth that's sitting right next to you. Put your hand right over their mouth. Now, if you feel air, guess what? They're still alive. They're still sucking air. That's good. Right? If they're not, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, but it, life is good. Now, but here's the problem. See, God's given us everything we need. We got plenty, especially here in America. Come on. Be content. Have a great walk. Godliness with great gain. Oh, here comes the trap. People who want to get what? Rich. Again, notice the context. Contentment versus it's not enough. I need more. I need riches. I need the things of this world. He said, that's, uh, man, you fall into a temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into what? Ruin and destruction. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil. Er, no, that's not what it says. This is so misquoted so many times, it's crazy. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Who's the root of all evil? Satan, right? But loving money will lead to a lot of evil, right? In fact, he says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, and they pierce themselves with many griefs or sorrows, as it says there. And boy, ain't that the truth. And that's what we're going to see tonight. 
I believe that, again, why is this push so hard in our country and we know better? I think a lot of people know better. Money. Abortion industry is not just millions of dollars. Folks, it's a billion-dollar corporation. And they're doing this off an assembly line, and they're becoming millionaires off of it. So let's go ahead and let's take a look. We're going to see the first, uh, the next segment of our video clip from The Voice of John. And then I'm going to come back up here, and we're going to explore it even deeper, just how much money and what they're doing with these children. But let's take a look at this first one. I believe my journey is like that of so many women. It was born out of pain and the scars from abortion. There's no earthly way you can deal with killing your own child. But I had that abortion two weeks after Roe v. Wade. Instantly knew, instantly knew I had killed my baby. Um, If I ventured to tell anyone that I'd been bad enough to kill my child, they quickly told me it was a woman's right to choose and it was okay. And so what I think we do with those remarks is encourage that woman to stuff her feelings that there must be something wrong with her if she feels uncomfortable with the abortion decision. Nothing worked in my life. Um, I'm one of those statistics that was divorced. A higher statistic of couples who have abortions are divorced than people who lose a child by natural or accidental means. Actually, it's about 75% of relationships that conceive a baby that is aborted break up within 90 days of the abortion, as my marriage did. Nothing worked anymore, but I found something that did. Every time I sold another woman an abortion in some very sick, twisted way, if she was okay, just maybe I was okay. I evolved into the abortion industry. I worked for a man who owned four abortion clinics. I ran two of them and more than doubled his business but he would not share that money with me. So I took his best abortionist. I'd recruited him after all. And we opened our own abortion clinic at 1625 West Mockingbird in Dallas, Texas. The first month we did 45 abortions. The last month we did 545 abortions. And you wonder why I remember those numbers. I didn't have a salary. I worked on a straight commission, $25 for each abortion. So that last month my income was $13,625 but that was not enough. I wanted to be a millionaire, and I knew how to be a millionaire. 40,000 abortions a year would make me a millionaire. So I had to start selling abortions to hit that goal of 40,000 a year. And uh, how do you sell an abortion? Well, it's actually too simple. Our goal was three to five abortions between the ages of 13 and 18 from every girl, so we had to get into the schools. And um, we had to break down the natural modesty, and we had to separate them from their parents and their values. And the easiest way to do that is sex education. Now, I know people will say, oh, we should teach them how to have safe sex or safer sex. And when somebody tells you that, I just want you to say baloney. We don't take our children out and get them really good and drunk and try to teach them how to drive safely drunk. We give them a moral absolute, don't drink and drive. Why in the world would we compromise on them in this important area of their sexuality by giving them this low moral standard to live down to rather than the very highest and best abstinence until marriage, which works every time? But I didn't say that. In kindergarten, you just put the children in a circle and you go around the room and you ask them all a simple question. What do your parents say to call your private parts? Well, you know and I know every family in the world has a different name for their private parts, so by the time you reach the third or fourth child, It is clear to those children that their parents do not know what they have. But we did. 
And we said, boys, this is what you have. Girls, this is what you have. Don't be ashamed of your private parts. And you could look out on the playground and see them sharing. We had broken down the natural modesty. They were questioning what their parents really knew, and we were becoming the experts. First, second, and third grade, the agenda is slightly different. It's actually intercourse. Now, these kids are not interested in intercourse, but we used at that time little square books with um, six- and seven-year-old nude models with diagrams showing them how to have intercourse. One book per classroom. You do not want a parent getting their hands on that book. And then in the fourth grade, the children are encouraged to masturbate and alone and in any groups of four or five of the same sex. Haven't figured out how that lifestyle fits in, but there it is. And then in the fifth and sixth grade, someone like me comes in. Now the goal is to get them sexually active and on a low-dose birth control pill that will not work or pass out defective or second condoms that will not work. Now, just think about that for a few minutes. They're passing out free condoms. Do you think they buy the most expensive or the best condoms? No, they buy seconds, they buy defective condoms, and they pass those out. And when the girls came into our clinic, we gave them low-dose birth control pills that we knew in order to provide any level of protection had to be taken accurately at the same time every single day for we knew one thing about teenagers and you know it too. They don't do anything at the same time every day. You give them this birth control pill, tell her to take it every day at the same time. Her mother doesn't tell her to take it. No one tells her to take it. She takes it sporadically, if, even if every day. That sexual activity increases from zero once a week to five to seven times a week. The pill will not work, and we could accomplish our goal of three to five abortions between the ages of 13 and 18. So now she's pregnant. She's going to call our clinic because she had that card, free pregnancy test, licensed counselors. We were the experts. We were the ones that helped her get on the birth control pills. We could help her with her choices now. The problem is we didn't have choices. We only sold one product, and we sold it well, abortion and abortion only. When she called our clinic, we had a telephone script, actually a script used by telemarketers. Oh, we called them telephone counselors, but they were actually trained as telemarketers to sell over the telephone. And the script was designed to overcome every single objection. I mean, that's what sales is, overcome the objection and you get the art. She would confess, I think I may be pregnant, and this telemarketer, this so-called counselor, would say, we can take care of your problem, no one needs to know. And then the first question on the script is what's the first day of your last normal period. She figures that date, gives it to this so-called counselor who puts it on a wheel that's actually designed to calculate the birth date of the baby. But she didn't talk about birth date or baby. She said, you're eight weeks pregnant. Now what did she do? She confirmed this young woman's worst fear. I'm pregnant. You'd think she'd say, stop, how can you tell me over the telephone that I'm pregnant? But this is the pregnancy expert. That seed is planted, that fear is confirmed, and the next question is, is this good news or bad news? If it were good news, she would not be calling an abortion clinic. It's bad news. And when she replies bad news, this counselor moves right back in. We can take care of your problem. No one needs to know. Now she's identifying the fear. Why does she want to know the fear? She's going to use it to reaffirm that abortion decision anytime that young woman moves away. Abortions in this nation cost from $300 to $12,000 advertised. And that's because abortions are done through all nine months of pregnancy, not because of Roe v. Wade, but because of Doe v. Bolton, the companion case of Roe. The case heard the very same day that says for the health of the mother, an abortion can be completed through all nine months of pregnancy. The problem is the abortion industry had a different definition for health than we do. 
Health to the abortion industry includes mental health. So they would say, we would say to this scared young woman, you would have problems with this pregnancy should you carry it to term, wouldn't you? She would say yes, and we'd chart it emotional health, anxiety. The biggest baby I ever held still was 32 weeks. That baby clearly could have lived outside its mother's years. On the day they come into the abortion clinic, they do the big baby abortions first. Now, why do they do that? That woman who has a second or third trimester abortion must stay in recovery longer. She loses more fluid, more blood. She needs a longer period of recovery. And you simply do not want to be paying a nurse to stay after hours to take care of one or two patients. So you do those first. Get them in recovery. Um, there are only certain abortionists that do second and third trimester abortions. They come in. They bring the girl in. She can do three of those an hour. But in the second and third trimester, his feet can be up to 50% of the total cost. So let's say that $4,000 abortion that they're doing in Dallas and Atlanta, he pockets $2,000, three an hour, $6,000 an hour. That's not bad money. But we all know more than 90% of abortions are first trimester abortions, so he can't make that much money doing a, let's just say a $300 abortion because that's way too low, but let's make the math easy and talk about some numbers. You know, we had a uh, technique that we set up to help each abortionist do 10 to 12 an hour. We used two teams of two assistants with each abortionist. And the first team would set up the first girl and he would go in to do that abortion. While across the hall, team number two set up girl number two. Now when he finished that first abortion, he ran across the hall. He didn't stop to do operative notes. He didn't stop to do a surgical scrub. He ran across the hall to room number two changed, put on fresh gloves, and did abortion number two. Now room number two had to be cleaned. They had to get that girl out, get her to recovery, get this room cleaned enough to bring girl number three in so when he finished abortion number two, he could run across the hall to do abortion number three. Using that technique, an abortionist can actually do 10 to 12 an hour. Let's say $300. He makes a third of the fee in the first trimester, $100. 10, 12 procedures, $1,200 an hour. That's not bad money either. But they have an added benefit that you and I don't have. You see, we did not want to be responsible for any portion of our abortionist malpractice insurance. They were independent contractors. They were not our employees. We collected their money out of one set of books, our money out of another set of books. On a busy day, you did not know which abortionist would do which abortion. We did had two or three working at a time. So there was merely a receipt on each chart. They would collect them. At the end of the day, they would bring them up, give them to the bookkeeper who would balance them, pay them in cash. No 1099, no W-2. Left entirely to the discretion of that person what they report to IRS, but I'm sure people killing babies for a living report everything, don't you think? Do you see how they created a literally an assembly line? We're not talking bacon pies. We're talking murdering children. As fast as you can, for what? Money. This has nothing to do with social rights or whatever. And again, there is no right to ever kill anybody. Men, women, I don't care. You have no right to choose to kill a child. But if they turned it into an assembly line to make money, why? Because what's the scripture say? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. People who want to get rich, who want to become that millionaire like that lady, oh, that's a trap. 
you're going to start doing some horrible things. And folks, I'm telling you, that is what's going on uh, with the abortion industry. Now, that's only half the story. Okay, that's only half of how they make their money. As you saw, some of the procedures would be twelve thousand bucks, especially the later that the baby uh, is in the womb. Uh, But the other half, what they do is they not only make money killing the babies, they also make money off the baby parts. This is a well-established fact. This is not some conspiracyjoe.com. This is well-established that they are making money off of baby parts. Now, let me give you just a couple examples, okay? Let me read to this, uh, show you. It says here, Republicans on a special house panel investigating the transfer of, and I'm going to, every time I see the word fetal or fetus, I'm going to put the appropriate word in there. Republicans on the special house panel investigating the transfer of baby tissue from murdered babies, i.e. aborted, will present evidence in a hearing today that breaks down the price per body part. With release of this evidence, Republicans say they have enough documentation to show that several abortion clinics and middleman procurement businesses may have violated federal law because it's against the law. Okay, but they still do it because it's big money. Now, the article shares, and this is from the article. This is not doctored. This is not photoshopped. They literally demonstrate how they've come across. They have itemized the baby. So the first one is the baby brains. You can get as much as $3,340 for a baby brain. Uh, The baby tissue, because again, we'll see maybe, Lord willing, next week, that if they can't suck it out, okay, the more the baby develops, you can't just suck it out. Then they use these things that basically just starts ripping literally the limbs off. It's sick, folks, but this is what's going on. So you end up with a lot of parts. Well, if you can get 10 parts together, you can get a bundle deal for almost six grand, right? You get upper and lower limbs with the hands and feet, they'll pay you almost a thousand bucks, $890. You get the skull, but it's got to match the body parts. You can't just, it's got to be from the same baby. Okay. Uh, 595 bucks. Now this again, it's maybe want to throw up, but look at this next graph. They literally have this. It's like you go in a restaurant when you're getting steak or something and they have the cow. Which portion of the cow do you want? This is a baby. And, and they tell you, if you can really bone, see, if you get 38 baby brains together, you can get over $22,000. This is big business, folks. It's not just the abortion. It's afterwards what they do with the body parts. If you get five baby livers, almost three grand. If you get uh, uh, three of their upper and lower limbs, uh, $2,700. You get 12 baby hearts, over 7000 or 12 uh, baby pancreas, they'll pay you the same amount of cash for one baby. These people are becoming millionaires. It's sick. Now, listen to this. uh, Republican Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, her words, she said, it is just horrifying, this. And I would agree. She said, they are putting a dollar value on the organs of these children, unborn children that have been murdered. It's just beyond belief. But guess who's going to bat for this procedure? The Democrats, right? Some people say Democrats. Uh, I basically am my, as you're going to see, especially with supporting this and where it's going, it's getting worse. Uh, oh, by the way, I've heard that some Republicans are, so I'm not here into politics. I don't care who supports this. Number one, if you're a Christian, how in the world could you vote for anybody that supports this? I don't care what party they're from. Shame on you. Number one. Okay. But you're seeing by and large that the Democrat party, I'm starting to call them the death party because they're supporting this. Now, why would they do that? And I'll demonstrate that in a second. But it goes on. It says, Democrats, though, on the panel, called the investigation, i.e. Sharon, that these are now making money at the baby parts, quote, a witch hunt, okay, by Republicans who oppose 
abortion, i.e. killing babies. Democrats have also condemned the panel's investigators for requesting the names of doctors and medical students and researchers and others involved in the murder uh, and the baby tissue procurement industries. Listen, arguing that if they make the, if they get those names from those people, then it could result in the physical harm of those people. Does anybody see the sick irony of that? You're for murdering children and selling their body parts, but you don't want the names released unless those people get physically harmed. That's gross. It's sick, folks. What's going on? The sale of services in the acquisition of body parts exploded after President Clinton. What party was he from? Democrats. He signed the National Institutes of Health Revitalization Act of 1993, effectively lifting the moratorium on federally funded research involving baby tissue, baby parts. So that's six. So that's the other half of how they're making their money. Love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, right? Now, the question is, why are they paying so much for this? What are they doing with this stuff? Well, let's talk about that for a second. The distribution of baby body parts to scientists is a billion-dollar industry. Researchers claim it's necessary evil, but others say it encourages grim abuses. Scientists depend on human body parts, i.e. baby body parts for research. They believe that might yield a breakthrough in a number of diseases such as Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. Now you know why they want the brains. Now wait a second. How is that any different of a rationale than what Hitler did to the Jewish people? Not only the murder of them, People outside the womb. Abortion is the same thing. They're murdering people inside the womb. But what did Hitler also do to the Jewish people? He did medical experiments on them. And what was his rationale? For the betterment of humanity. Of course, the German people, the Nazis. How is this any different? Folks, this is not a slippery slope. There's nothing slippery about this. It's the same mindset. And how anybody, Christian, can not only vote for people that do this, But for you to say, well, I guess it's okay because it's going to help other people down the road. No, murder is wrong. And you don't murder somebody to help somebody. It's still murder, and it's still wrong. Again, that's the justification uh, that Hitler used as well. Now, you're going, it's not only, okay, so that's what they're doing with that. But, okay, what are they doing? So they, they say they're going to cure diseases with it. It's still wrong. But they're also using it in vaccinations. And it's not just in vaccination development. They actually put them in baby parts in the vaccinations. It's sick. And people are being shot up with baby parts. Sounds crazy? Here's one doctor who admitted it. Watch this. This study involved 74 fetuses. Yeah, 76. 76. Mm -hmm. And uh, these fetuses uh, were all three months or older when aborted, correct? Yes. What organs did you harvest from these fetuses? Well, I didn't personally harvest any, but uh, a a whole range of uh, tissues were harvested um, by uh, co-workers. Okay. And these pieces were then cut up into little pieces, right? Yes. And they were cultured? Yes. Okay. Um, Some of the pieces of the fetuses were pituitary gland? That were, that were chopped up into pieces to, mm-hmm. okay, included the lung of the fetuses? Yes. Okay, included the skin? Yes. Kidney? Yes. Spleen? Yes. Heart? Yes. And tongue? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't recall, but yeah, probably yes. Are you aware that the one of the uh, 
objections to vaccination by the plaintiff in this case is the inclusion of aborted fetal tissue in the development of vaccines and the fact that it's actually part of the ingredients of vaccines. Yeah. Yep. Not just the development, it's what? Inside. And I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but not only the vaccination issue is becoming a big issue, and, uh, and there, it's not, it, but again, and a lot of people say, well, it's just because they put mercury, which is a poison, by the way. And there's other issues that are going on there, too. Uh, but this as well. It's gross. It's crazy. Now, it goes even beyond that. Uh, they're actually using baby body parts to test artificial flavors. Spices, seasoning, coffee creamers, instant soups, bouillon cubes, ketchup, sausage, seasoning, and instant noodles. Some of the companies that uh, are, uh, have been caught doing this would be Kraft, Campbell Soup, and Pepsi. Uh, and now they say, well, listen, this has only been done uh, in the research. Uh, the, the actual baby body parts isn't in our actual food products. We just use those to, to test the, and, and there's a whole debate. They would deny it. Other people say, no, it's in there too, just like the vaccines, but whatever. What they do admit that uh, baby parts are also in. It's not just in the vaccines. This is sick. Anti-aging skin creams. They admit, yep, there's baby parts in there. In uh, gels, serums, and restorative skin cream. You're smearing murdered babies on your face so you could look young. You wonder why the wrath of God is coming for seven years nonstop? But we're not done. Now, this is a quote from a bioethicist from Boston. He says this, quote, They won't be real happy that this is all out in public. Quote, this threatens their business. So again, this has nothing to do with a woman's right to choose. Nobody has the right to choose to murder a child. It's not even about the woman. It's we have a billion-dollar assembly line money-making machine. Don't you dare mess with it. And we not only make millions of dollars off of killing babies, we make millions off of their body parts. Okay? In fact, one abortionist, I could kid you not, she admitted how, remember, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. She admitted that she wants to earn enough to get herself a Lamborghini for murdering children. Watch this. Another shocking video taped by reporters going undercover with a hidden camera showing that Planned Parenthood sells baby body parts as a revenue stream. That's illegal in the United States, but more importantly, it's immoral. Last week, I showed you some clips from the first undercover video of Dr. Deborah Nicotola, a senior executive and doctor with Planned Parenthood, talking about buying and selling different aborted baby organs while she was stuffing her face over lunch and swilling wine. Seriously, you and I would be nauseous just talking about such ghoulish commerce. It was giving her a real appetite, though. Here, watch this clip from the first video. You know, I, I'm going to throw a number out. I would say it's probably anywhere from $30 to $100, depending on the facility and what's involved. The 30 to $100 price, that's per yes. specimen that we're talking per about, specimen. right? Yeah. But first, let me give you some background. Planned Parenthood is a multinational corporation that does abortions. They are especially active in aborting minorities, which is in keeping with the ideology of their corporate founder, Margaret Sanger. 
who believed in eugenics, that is, culling the gene pool of the undesirable people. She even started something called the Negro Project. That's what it was called. Specifically designed to abort black babies. Now that was in the 1930s and early 1940s when getting rid of subhuman races was the global political fashion. Now, after the Second World War and the Nazis and the Holocaust, it became a little bit less fashionable. And then there was the whole black civil rights movement. Margaret Sanger was a racist. So it's 2015, and you might think that eugenics program is long gone, but it's not. In New York, where Planned Parenthood has its headquarters, according to city health records, more black babies are aborted each year than are born alive. 24,000 black babies were born a year in New York. 29,000 black babies aborted a year in New York. Margaret Sanger's Negro Project is working quite well. And it's also a billion-dollar franchise. Planned Parenthood really is a franchise like McDonald's. Planned Parenthood has 800 abortion stores across the United States and some in Canada, too. It's not as big as McDonald's, which has 14,000 stores in the U.S., but Planned Parenthood is still a billion-dollar-a-year corporation. Of course, good business people are always looking for ways to make cash. They get cash from uh, uh, women buying abortions. They also get cash from governments paying for abortions, they make money from the Planned Parenthood store where they sell shirts and hats for people who are thrilled about abortions. I think if you're wearing shirts or hats or have coffee mugs boasting about abortions, you're not pro-choice anymore. You're pro-abortion. There's a difference. See, some pro-choice people say abortions should be safe, legal, and rare. That's a phrase I hear a lot. Planned Parenthood wouldn't be a billion-dollar-year franchise, though, if abortions were rare. I mean, businesses like to grow, especially enthusiastic businesses that love what they do. What's so gross here is that Planned Parenthood's abortion store actually sells a couple of baby clothes items too. How gross. Anyways, look, they like making money, selling abortions, selling abortion apparel. So it dawned on these abortion entrepreneurs to sell the aborted babies themselves. I mean, why just throw out the discarded baby parts, right? Why not sell them for cash? How sick is that? So that's what Dr. Deborah Nicotola was talking about last week. And now here's another video by another Planned Parenthood executive and doctor, Mary Gatter. Again, she's not a junior manager. She's a top executive, the president of their medical director's council. And here she is haggling over prices for baby parts with these reporters posing as buyers. She's haggling. 70 bucks for a baby arm, 100 bucks for a baby heart. I mean, Planned Parenthood boasts that they abort 300,000 babies a year. That's 1,000 a day. Each baby could have 5, 10 organs for sale. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars a year. And this doctor wants to buy a Lamborghini. Now, here's another thought is you know, we can talk about specimen as per specimen per case or per procured tissue sample, which would be so that if we're able to get a liver thymus pair, you know, maybe that is $75 per specimen, and so that's for, you know, for liver thymus pair, and that's 150 versus if we can get liver thymus, okay. brain hemisphere, and all that, then, you know, and then okay. so that, that protects us so that we're not paying for what we can't use. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, it also, I think it also... Maybe illustrates things. It's for been years since I've talked about compensation, so let me just figure out what others are getting at. If this is in the ballpark, and that's fine. If it's mm -hmm. still low, then we can talk about it. I want a Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> I said I want a Lamborghini. 
<laughs> From what? Abortions, selling baby body parts. What's the scripture say? What was our opening text? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. That's sick. Okay. Now, I don't know if you saw the um, last presidential address. That was encouraging that uh, our president would actually come out and speak against this. But at the end of this video clip, notice who is sitting there and refused to stand. Watch this. There could be no greater contrast to the beautiful image of a mother holding her infant child than the chilling displays our nation saw in recent days. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia, where he stated he would execute a baby after birth to defend the dignity of every person. I am asking Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb. And let us reaffirm a fundamental truth. All children, born and unborn, are made in the holy image of God. Amen. At least it's a start. You know, it'd be nice that there's no abortions, no murdering of children, but at least it's a start. But what's so, not just disheartening, what's so sickening? You couldn't stand for that? You literally sat there and refused to stand when you're talking about We're not going to murder children. That's what's going on in our country right now, folks. It's a spiritual battle. And you think, well, how? how?" I mean, that's insane. Who who would basically sit there and by sitting there voice your support of murdering children? Well, folks, if you understand, again, the Democrat Party, this has been going on for a long time. And again, I think I know why. Because the abortion industry is a corporation, and it's a billion-dollar corporation. And we know that politicians, unfortunately, will sell out to corporations, right? We make big deal. They sold out to big pharma, or they sold out to the big you know, construction companies. They're, they're paying them, the lobbyists, and all that stuff. Planned Parenthood is a multi-billion-dollar corporation, And I think that that's why you will see Democrats steadfastly support this because somebody's palms are being greased. Somebody's being paid off. And this is nothing new. This has been going on for quite some time. Starting off with Obama and him having the audacity to say, God bless Planned Parenthood. Watch this. That's why no matter how great the challenge, no matter how fierce the opposition, there's one thing the past few years have shown, it's that 
Planned Parenthood is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere today. It's not going anywhere tomorrow. As long as we've got a fight to make sure women have access to quality, affordable health care, and as long as we've got to fight to protect a woman's right to make her own choices about her own health, I want you to know that you've also got a president who's going to be right there with you fighting every step of the way. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. God bless you. Faith leaders express their disappointment and outrage at the passage of a bill in New York making abortion legal up until birth. The bill was first introduced in 2007 and removes abortion from the state criminal code and ensures women the right to an abortion in New York should that federal right ever be changed by the Supreme Court. But Cuomo thinks it should be taken a step further. And do a constitutional amendment so no governor, no legislator, no political swing can ever jeopardize a woman's right to control her own body in this state. But far too many women are still denied critical access to reproductive health care and safe childbirth. All the laws we've passed don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. As I... But as a deeply religious person, it's also unchristian. Whenever we yeah. talk about Roe, we're, we're talking... That fight has been happening through the entirety of our lives. Mm-hmm. My mother had that fight. My grandmother had that. I mean, how, does the, how can you keep from, like, the generational exhaustion? When I think about um, all of the statistics that um, are, are painful of what women are uh, confronting, Zerlina, today in our country and what uh, even more women confronted... Uh, pre-Roe and how many women died and how many uh, more women were maimed because of unsafe uh, abortion practices, you know, we just can't go back to right. that. Like, that's uh, unconscionable to me. Um, and also, and I'm sure that this will unleash uh, another wave of hate in my direction, <laughs> but as a deeply religious person, it's also unchristian. Unchristian. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. How could how could how could people say this? They're grown adults. You ask God to bless Planned Parenthood. You applaud a bill that gives people the right to kill babies right up to birth. You vote against a bill that says, "Oh, babies survived after birth. We need to protect them." You say no. You say Christians need to change their beliefs on this. And you say it's unchristian to not support the murder of children. Why? Well, I got a theory and it goes like this. Somebody's making a lot of money off of this. I think there's certainly accountability 
You're just choosing evil. And the Bible says in the last days that wickedness is going to rise on an exponential scale and the love of many will grow cold. And I think we're certainly in those days. But I do think that a lot of it has to do with this party, the Democrat Party, is selling out to a big billion-dollar corporation. And they're the ones that are helping them keep the assembly line going so they can buy their Lamborghinis and become millionaires. But it's babies and baby parts. Now, Lord willing, next week, we're going to deal with that uh, abortion lady that she talked about the assembly line procedure that they created to become millionaires. Uh, Believe it or not, we're going to see next week, Lord willing, that um, she shares how she actually considers herself a Christian. She goes on and she actually boasts that she tithed the money she made on killing children. But she was confronted by a real Christian and she got saved. So Lord willing, next week we're not only going to see that, we're going to see how's the church doing on this issue? How are we doing? Are we speaking up? And it's not just we're having a tendency to not speak up and avoid this issue, but there's churches who are promoting it. Not the world, the church. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, 
Okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what do we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you could be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate 
to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.